and welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have somebody who's just dope, and you've seen him popping up all over newspapers and magazines. His story is one to behold, but none other than Edward Buckles Jr. What's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me today. That's what's up. Who are the, who are those pictures and paintings behind you? Oh man, so this is uh this is um uh Basquiat by uh Ian Woods and this is actually um, a autograph um, photo of Muhammad Ali that my mom just casually had <laughs> chilling, chilling at, at the bottom of a bag. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, we were moving and like I found it and it's actually signed by Muhammad Ali and Louis Farrakhan. And I'm like, this is just casually chilling. Just so, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so yeah. look, man, we, we start each one of our episodes the same way. We try to have our guests walk us through the arc of their career. And while I think Katrina Babies is your directorial debut, you've done other work before. Talk to me about the arc of your career and the work you did leading up to Katrina Babies. Absolutely. Well, I started off in theater. You know, theater was, I was, I was a theater brat, um, you know, but a non-traditional theater brat. And like when I say that, um, what I mean is that, you know, it's kind of like an odd, um, it's, a, it, it, it's a weird way that I was introduced to it, you know, when I was younger. Uh, living in a post-Katrina New Orleans, um, I I was getting into some trouble. And, and, and you know, my mom was like, yo, yo, I'm about to send you to uh, uh, boot camp. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, uh, I didn't want to do that. But then I heard this uh, radio, radio interview by Wild Wayne on Q93 that, that, that had this theater camp. So I tried it out. And just so happened, he was also my cousin, Anthony Bean. So, you know, I got introduced to storytelling and black arts and, you know, writing and people like August Wilson. And, um, you know, I really became, you know, intrigued with, you know, telling stories. I then went to Dillard University and I studied theater and film. And, um, you know, I just started documenting, you know, my student body and my classmates. And, um, you know, eventually I, you know, started to, come up with strong ideas like this one, um, which is Katrina Babies. And yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of been me working on this film for the past seven years. And like, in the meantime, I was doing music videos and commercials. Um, but now, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I've been blessed for the past two years to strictly focus on this. Um, it was important that, you know, I put my head down and work on this only to, you know, get the product that we have today. You, you layered in a lot of that answer. So, you know, them, they say them boys, they, they go to Dillard because they couldn't go to Xavier. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, actually, actually, you know, it's crazy. Um, I went to Dillard because, again, I was a theater brat and because, you know, Dillard had the best theater program no there was. And and then, honestly, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I just thought, you know, our our basketball team and you know our, our blue it, it just it just felt better and looked better so it does know, look I, better I can't <laughs> you know what I'm saying and let me tell you this so you so did, what what high school did you go to down there I went to Edna Carr High School all right so yeah I went to school with a lot of them boys from St. Aug okay word grown, yeah yeah grown men still wearing their um, Letterman jackets <laughs> oh yeah you... oh, yeah well that's all of us down there you know all of us if you ask us what school we went to we're gonna say our high school you know what I'm saying oh so, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into it, man. Let's talk about Katrina Babies. Who are the Katrina Babies and why is it so important that we understand the lives of the children affected by Katrina who are now adults? Well, the uh, Katrina Babies, um, if we're basing it off of the uh, film, the uh, youngest subject in this project was 
three years old during the storm. And the oldest student was 21 years old during the storm. I, I consider them both, you know, Katrina babies. But um, by definition, I would say that a Katrina baby is anybody who experienced this child. No, I'm sorry, anybody, anybody who experienced this storm as a child um, and, you know, couldn't help themselves. Uh, that's what a Katrina baby is to me. And, you know, this idea just came about after growing up in a post-Katrina New Orleans and like realizing how different the uh, city was for young people and the uh, constant decline of New Orleans youth life in New Orleans, um, you know, I was getting, you know, uh, into trouble. I was noticing my peers getting into trouble, but, but at the same time, I noticed that the press and the adults, they were blaming us for that trouble. <laughs> and, you know, I thought that it, it was just crazy that no one was drawing parallels between what was happening with that current state of New Orleans and what happened in 2005 with that storm. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. I mean, that's kind of dope that you were able to see through it. I mean, because you lived it, I guess. So you were able to see through kind of the spin and the BS and you wanted to come out and control your narrative. Can you talk about how you and your family have coped? And um, from your work with this documentary, what are some of the common themes for how Katrina babies have learned to cope? Is it therapy? I mean, what has it been? Yeah. And where do you live now? So right now I am in Jersey City. Um, I've been here for a year. Um, you know, I, I came up to, you know, just get some air and work on this edit. Um, but I'm always in New Orleans. <laughs> I mean, New Orleans too much, right? Um, but I think that, you know, to speak to the uh, whole coping, um, you know, idea, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, how much, how much healing and how much um, hope making this film has done for me and my peers. Uh, you know, when I first started making this project, I wasn't looking for healing. You know, I didn't even know that simply talking about something yeah. could bring healing, you know, yeah. mental health awareness and, you know, um, um, coping information and wellness information isn't just something that was in my neighborhood, you know, at our front door. So, you know, I never knew that simply talking about something can bring healing, but, you know, by us, being on this journey and, you know, having these conversations, it's really opened up a door to our healing, you know, like, like social media is going crazy right now. And like, one of the most common um, conversations that's happening is that, you know, I feel healed after watching this project, I feel healed after, you know, uh, starting this project, or I see possibility um, to healing. When it comes to my family, you know, th this film is the reason that my family and I finally had the conversation, you know, and, 
you know, Hurricane Katrina stole my fa like family dynamic. My closest family members never moved back even today. And because of this film and because, you know, we finally faced, you know, faced our trauma and faced the conversation. Now we're working on taking our family back and like, you know, rebuilding our narrative. And like, that's been healing. And, and part of it is healing. And other part of it is one of the things that whether or not you're healed or not, I can say all of you all are resilient. Yes. What do you think that that term means within the concept of Katrina babies that you interviewed for this documentary, that resilience? There's a double edged sword to resilience, you know, and uh, I cover it in the film. You know, first of all, I want to say that resilience is ours. You know, it's 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 for us. It's something that we should celebrate. It's something that we should be proud of. It's something that we should own. Right. It's for us. Resilience gets gets tricky when it's in the hands of the others. Right. And when it's in the ha hands of people that don't really need to be calling us resilient. They need to be taking accountability and responsibility to making sure that we don't have to live in inhumane in circumstances that we have to be resilient in, right? So, you know, there's a double-edged sword to resilience. And like, you know, I just want people to know again that I think that it is very important that we celebrate it and like, you know, we, 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 we honor our resilience, but we shouldn't, you know, allow, you know, them to not do the work because of the fact that we are so strong, you know? It's not our job. Like, for example, me making this film is bittersweet, right? Because of the fact that, yes, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a storyteller, and like, you know, I love to be on this platform, but at the same time, why did it take a Katrina baby to make a film that brings healing? You know, like, like, like why weren't things in place for us to heal much faster, right? It spotlights the institutional failures. And another thing is, I mean, let's talk about this, your partnership with H HBO Max. How did you end up working with them to run this documentary? I ask because I always want to give our listeners an idea about how these projects go from great ideas to see they, to, the things they see in their living room. So help me understand how this went from conception to production. Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm I'm still blown away by, you know, by my partners and by all of these looks. I mean, like even sitting here talking to you about, about this project is yeah. mind blowing. But, you know, um, I took a very non-linear non path to filmmaking. I, I, I didn't have a crazy budget. This whole film was pretty much self-funded, um, you know, with with the help of like, you know, some, uh, some um, you know, Kickstarters and Indiegogo campaigns. But um, I led with story and like, you know, I believed in the story and I stuck to the story, you know, for seven years. And my mentor, Chike Oza, who is one half of Kudi and Chike, he was just like, you know, constantly telling me, bro, you got to finish this film. You know, this film is going to like, you know, change your life. He and Kudi were doing genius at time. And, um, you know, he mentioned this idea and like this project, you know, two time, you know, in 2020 during, during, you know, at the start of the pandemic. And, you know, time was interested, you know, instantly. And he also introduced me to his producer, Audrey Rosenberg. And she came on and she's a very brilliant, experienced, um, you know, empathetic producer that this film needed. And yeah. she had a relationship at HBO. So once we partnered with time, we pitched it to HBO and HBO wanted it in the room. And like that never happens. Like everybody on my team was like, throughout their years, they've never seen a pitch actually like, like actually be 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 confirmed in the room you adopted know and adopted yeah. there yeah yeah exactly and like really you know that's how it's been and you know hbo they've been great partners you know um i think i think that it's important that in this time of you know getting more black stories and getting more diverse stories that partners know that you know they have to know when they should step aside and then also when they you know when 
they should step behind, right? And luckily, my partners have been great at doing that. That's dope. I've always wondered this, but for New Orleans natives who knew and loved New Orleans, but had to evacuate, how much different is the city since Katrina? And do we know how many New Orleans, New or how you pronounce it, New Orleans, New, how many folk from New Orleans never returned after Katrina? Yeah, see, New Orleans is, is you know, I always say this, as long as Black people are in New Orleans, it's going to be our New Orleans and, you know, it's 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 going to be Black New Orleans. Um, but, you know, I we can't ignore the fact that New Orleans is changing. Um, you know, I think that um, there, there was a bunch of people who were displaced um, uh, after Hurricane Katrina. There was a mass exodus of Black people, um, you know, after Katrina. Uh, and uh, I speak about that in the film. My cousins, again, they were never able to return because of the fact that rent became so high, yeah. right? So not only were people displaced, you know, from New Orleans, but currently people are being displaced in New Orleans. So, you know, most people don't, don't, don't live in the same neighborhoods that they were born in. They're being forced out and like, you know, being pushed to the East or pushed to maybe, you know, surrounding areas, right? Because like the rent is getting higher everywhere we look. So yes, like we're still there, but I think that, you know, business and, business and you know gentrification is spreading us out and that's really impacting our 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 um identity in a way you know because it's like you know our neighborhoods and like our families mean so much to us does it look the same feel the same taste the same uh some areas it definitely looks the same um you know the po boys are so good but the po boys are no longer two dollars po boys are <laughs> like i've paid I've paid $20 for a po' boy. Oh, yeah. You know I just had a six. I was about to say, I had a $16, $18 po' boy during that. Yeah. You feel me? And like, you know, po' boys like used to be for us, like it was convenient, but now it's being, you know, like it, it's and, a tourist and, attraction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's just an example of what like everything else that's happening. So, yes, yes, it still kind of looks the same. Our neighborhoods don't look the same when it comes to us, though. So, you barely see those like, you know, uh, elderly black people sitting yep. on the porch right you don't see like you know that many of like those black children in those historically black neighborhoods playing in the streets right you know you see white people pushing shoulders around and working out looking at me like what you doing here and i'm like yeah what are you doing here you know what i'm saying so um yeah it's 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 been a dance right it's been a dance for sure so if you could sum up what katrina babies need now what would it be i think that this film is just a small conversation this film is just a small, a small, a very small, like, like, like almost sand, right? Almost like one piece of sand um, to all the impact that needs to take place. I think that we need to continue everything that people love about this film, telling our stories, asking, asking the kids how they feel, like, you know, focused on mental health and wellness. We need to take that and like apply that to the whole generation um, and all of New Orleans. Um, you know, I think that it's also important that we understand that Katrina is not our only trauma. You know, we are dealing with complex trauma in New Orleans that that was present before 2005. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's important that as a people, we be gentle with ourselves and like understand that, you know, this film is trying to spark interest in getting the information for wellness and getting the information for, you know, how to take care of yourself and be gentle with yourself. Right. And, and like, I think that as a system, we have to make sure that that information is coming to our communities, um, black disenfranchised communities. Right. Um, and like, I think that as a whole, that's just, you know, something that we can meet in the middle with and bring, bring better days. Right. Most important question of this whole interview is, how can people find the documentary Katrina Babies and follow you on social media? 
absolutely. You can you can find um, this documentary. It is um, it is airing tonight on HBO, um, August twenty fourth on HBO Max uh, at nine p.m. Um, you know it's going to be on HBO on television. You can follow us at Katrina Baby's Film. Um, you can follow me at E Buckles. And yeah, um, yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> we're any everywhere. other projects you're working on before I let you go? Are there any other projects on the horizon that you can talk about? Yeah, I mean, right now, right now, I'm working on this this uh, this uh, multi part uh, Adidas campaign with uh, people like Ruth Carter, the uh, legendary Ruth Carter, um, who is like you know Spike Lee's wardrobe stylist. Um, and you know, I'm working on that project right now. It's you know, it's a little lighter than 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 our Katrina babies. You know, I I I I wanted to do something that was light and fun. And then in the meantime, I'm writing. Um, I'm really hoping to get into the uh, scripted space and you know continue to tell stories about New Orleans, but also people of like unheard, you know, unheard communities. I appreciate that. I'm so proud of you, my brother, man. I can't wait to tune in. Edward Buckles, thank you for telling the story. Thank you for coming on the show. I, hey, I truly appreciate it, man. DU, DU for life, right? For sure. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, my <laughs> brother, be easy.